Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. This is going to be a week two edition of uh, football season, and we're ready to rock and roll. How about you, Roy? Man, I, I had. You know, things to talk about, and, and I had a plan for the show, and then this morning I got a message that the head yell leader would be releasing a letter, and so I figured <laughs> I'd just throw all of that in the trash, and figured that's what we're going to be talking about today, so. Yeah, I think that was uh, definitely going to be a topic of discussion. Seemed like uh, seemed like something definitely worth talking about, I mean, at least for the for the purposes of the fan base. Um, but before any of that, uh, one thing I did want to talk about is a uh, well, we, we got Roy uh, to come out to the tap last night and participate in our normal shenanigans. It's like my, my annual, you know, one night out a year kind of thing. I mean, he came out and he's you know, saying, I'll be Edwin McCain, did a solid job on it, and everybody was enjoying themselves. So At a good time, and then I was like, it's late and I'm old and I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Just Calder call and I, right? So, uh, yeah, we are hitting up uh, week two here. We're not going to talk a whole heck of a lot of football this time around. Uh, just, you know, quick analysis. Uh, you know, kind of changing up our formula from last year uh, and see just kind of how things go. Um, first and foremost, were there any surprising results from this last weekend that caught your eye? Um, it, well, I mean, as they were happening, sort of, but I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, have, having a, a day or two to really kind of digest all of it and, and look back. I'm not sure that was, there was anything that I saw that was incredibly surprising, to be honest. Um, you know, we'll get into our game later. Uh, I, I don't think the Alabama thing was surprising because I don't think no. Miami's – I mean, Miami's just a – it's a school that the media wants so dearly to, to be good, and they're just not. Um, yeah. I wonder how much of that's just nostalgia for what the U was. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that's part of it. I mean, they're a, they're a national brand. Even when they suck, everybody knows who the U is. Sounds like somebody else we know. Well, uh, I was not surprised by the Texas Tech U of H result because I called them I'm my a, sleeper. I was about to say, you call them a sleeper. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they did come out and do a good job. Um, I was I'm, surprised by Stanford. Yeah, no, Stanford, for sure. Or maybe K-State's good. I don't know. Uh, well, well, the enti- well, honestly, the biggest shock to me was the entirety of the Pac-12 North, uh, that, including Oregon. I mean, if you look across the board, they all lost their games, uh, including uh, Washington losing to Montana. But, uh, you know, Oregon had to win their game by a touchdown against Fresno State opening weekend. Well, I, honestly – Collectively or even individually, I don't think any of that surprises me because, like we talked about it last week, I, the Pac-12 yeah. North is just kind of garbage. It's not very good, and they they showed. I mean, I didn't know that they were loose to Montana garbage, but mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, great win for Montana. You know? Yeah, I think my biggest shock of the weekend, honestly, coming in uh, more than anything else, was just uh, Tulane playing Oklahoma as close as they did. I uh, thought they did a really solid job, especially coming back after being down. That game didn't surprise me. I, I think it had to do with. Um, one, I mean, I don't think Tulane's you know obviously bad at football. I, I don't. I think they're a pretty good program. And two, you're talking about coming off of you know the emotions of having to move a game, and and you know you can say somewhat the same. I mean, 
the LSU game was always going to be in the Rose Bowl, and LSU recruits on a very national level. So not all those kids are, you know, have family in Louisiana. And yeah. But Tulane, I mean, you're talking about a program that I would guess probably 90, 95% of their roster is from Louisiana. So right. all their families were affected by it. So it's emotional. Um, <clears throat> so and, and that's a factor that you can't ever quantify until no. you see it in the game. And they play a tough game. It, it'll be interesting to watch, just kind of keep an eye on Tulane the rest of the season just to see – I mean, was was that an emotional high for them, and they come back to some sort of mean, or, or are they really good? And oh, by the way, how's OU? You know, yeah, it's two teams play that game, and and OU got up, um, but but Rattler showed his issues again, yeah. and he, you know he's throwing into triple coverage and, and just ill-advised stuff. And uh, yeah. I mean, what you saw on the outside is is what you saw in a lot of games. Was there when you do have that talent disparity? That that's just that's that's how it goes, man. Texas was going to beat Louisiana because the kind of athletes that go to Texas are better than the kind of athletes that go to the ooh la la. It's just how it is. Like You're not us, wrong. us, you know, eventually getting over the the kind of the first half schneid and and, and putting Kent State away. It, it does just come down to athletes. You're right. Um, about the only other game that really I mean I won't necessarily call it a big shock, but just seeing UCLA taking down LSU. Um, you know, we know how UCLA can be against SEC teams. <laughs> yeah, don't the play season. them in September on the road. No, um, no, I, I, I love it. Um, I absolutely love it because I've, I've, uh, yeah, my my disdain for LSU is well documented. So oh, yeah. I was I was thrilled to see that. No, um, I, didn't, I didn't have any issues with it. I mean, there was some good football, like uh, uh, like this uh, Notre Dame FSU game was a phenomenal football game. Oh, yeah, um, and a great storyline in there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it never fails to deliver. You know, it's it's one of those things where, man, you, you, I, I turned to my wife. I don't remember what we were watching. It was some upset or something. Like, you just – you can't write the scripts that sports write because it would come off as cheesy and unauthentic. But these things still happen, and they're so fascinating to watch. That's the reason why we love the sport, you know. It's just like you feel like there's always something. There's always some kind of family thing. There's always a recovery story, yep. you know. Uh, there's always something for you to get behind somebody for. Yeah. Um, and so looking at all these games, I guess the only other one that obviously took place last night, Ole Miss and Louisville, I think uh, you know, a lot of people are worried that maybe Ole Miss has a defense. I'm wondering if it's just Louisville had just was I just don't. I just don't think Louisville's any good, and I, and I tweeted about it during the game, and there was a little bit back and forth. Not not like a, you know angry back and forth, just kind of some you know people, people, yeah, some dialogue. People putting their opinions up, and I could be wrong, I could be right, I don't know. But you're talking about a team that was picked to finish fifth in their own division, like the fifth in the Atlantic, not fifth in the ACC, right? So and against an Ole Miss team that Kiffin or not, you know Matt Corral is a talent. Oh yeah, um, but I, I can't tell you anything about Louisville other than the fact they're not picked to be very good, and maybe it's because they don't have an offense. Yeah, so I, very well tr- could I, be the case. I don't think you can glean a whole lot about Ole Miss from playing Louisville. Well, I mean, all you have to do is look as a great example. Look at last season with what happened with Mississippi State and LSU. You thought Mississippi State were world beaters after taking down the defending national champs, and it turns out they were both pretty trash. Yeah, so, we talk about hot garbage. Mississippi State's doing it again. We talked yeah. about it. I don't know yeah. if Leach is going to be the fit, man. I, I just I don't. I mean, yeah, you had a big time comeback in order to beat um, Law Tech this weekend. Well, and, and Arkansas had to come back to beat Rice. Yeah, like that's. I don't know, man. A little worrisome for them. 
Uh, I mean, couldn't happen to a nicer group, but, no. <laughs> but but if I'm a hog fan, I'm already looking forward to basketball season. All right, yeah, definitely baseball for sure. Uh, so I, I can understand uh, all that. So all right, uh, let's get to the elephant in the room. All right, let's. I mean, we jump it in on A and M and Kit. Let's do it. No. What, what's, no. what's your elephant? We'll, we'll, we'll put fo- we'll put Aggie football uh, at the very end the to force all end. of y'all to listen to the rest of the garbage we're about to spew. <laughs> oh no. Um. So we're gonna address it. What occurred? Saturday night at Kyle Field relative to the booing, the chant of bullshit, and then furthermore, the F Joe Biden chants that, you know, it it never ceases to amaze me. One, just the stupidity of youth sometimes. And two, that they continuously forget that everything is forever. Right. I mean, let's face it. That is. The, but if you're doing that in public, you're not worried about. Right. The the, the, yeah. the the beauty and the curse of the internet. If it's on there, it's just it's it's been saved. Somebody has it somewhere. And it's it never going viral. Away. And yeah, so it's so there's uh so I spent a, a decent amount of time between Twitter and, and TechSags today just reading opinions. I, I didn't sure. I didn't post. I, I'm not I'm not going to enter that argument. Um, not to mention because. One of the threads has devolved into like two or three people just going after each other, and it's right. It's fascinating theater. So you know, oh yeah, yeah. If you you don't find anything to watch on TV tonight, you know, you know, curl up with a you know, a nice hot tea and pull up in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so so the memo, uh, the memo, memo, Salinas memo, the head yell leader sent out a letter. Yeah. Um, basically saying, look, you know, this is Kyle Field. What what makes us different as Aggies is. No, we don't boo. Uh, you know, we don't use profanity. Um, he didn't even address the Joe Biden stuff because I got to be honest, I don't think there's a way to address that um, in, in a in a letter. <laughs> Very uh, difficult to do so. So we'll start with that because I think that's the easiest to to talk about opinions. The the f Joe Biden chance. Um, I don't really care what you think about the current commander in chief. Right. Um, First of all, F anything chance is completely childish. It's, ex- it's extremely high it's, school. You it's know? crass. It's yeah. it's it's just it's just gross. Um, and I don't really care what your opinions are. Like, we're in Kyle Field. Can you leave politics out of sports for the love of all that is holy? Right. And you looked at it, and the thing is, that particular chant was not uh, was not um, an isolated event. To Texas A&M, somebody posted a video um, that right, I happened saying, all over the country. It, it was you saw it at Alabama, you saw it at Auburn, you saw it. Um, I mean, in so many stadiums, so many college stadiums, and it just seemed to be just kind of a universal thought process of, "Hey, we're out here doing what we want to do," kind of anti-establishment, sure. But even that being said, it's childish. It's and childish, and don't do that. And and again, I, and I get that. Uh, yeah, just very specifically to A and M, Olson and Kyle are two separate places, <laughs> but they're both Aggies, and you know it's a family event, and, and and like, I don't want anything to, I don't want Kyle Field to devolve into LSU. No, and we don't want that, you know, because they're just crass, terrible human beings at a football game, right? And and I think there's a, you know, there's definitely a stark contrast between that and other actions that did play, take place in the stadium. I didn't particularly care for it, mostly on third deck. So what does that tell you as far as who the group was? Yeah, it's all the fish. Uh, it's all the fish. Well, and, but at the same time, I, I like I said, I understand why the chant's going on. I do not agree with it in that particular case. 
put that one away. Leave politics out of football. Leave politics out of football and leave your f bombs at home. Yeah, you know. It's like, so I, I think that one's pretty simple. It's pretty crazy. I, I I just thought it was interesting. Um, and this is coming from a current member of of the reserves and, and a guy that spent twelve years on active duty. And um, I grew up in Texas. You know, I'm a pretty conservative guy. Right. But uh, my personal feelings toward commander in chief, uh, first of all, I have no place in a football game. No. Um, second of all, I, I, I know there's a huge rap, you know, rap down the down the rabbit hole we go. So I'm gonna try and stay out out of that. Fair. But it's kind of unpatriotic, no matter who's sitting in that office, well, to say that, especially at the red, white, and blue out camp. Well, and, and to that point, you know, I, I look back at you know previous administrations and the way things went and how how people were treated. It's like, well. I don't like so and so because of this, this, and this. Not my president, etc. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you voted for that individual or not. They won office. They are the leader of this country, and it's a respectable position. And it needs to be treated as such. Um, you know, and you can go down the rabbit hole of, you know, who's actually controlling these things and go down all the. Well, we're not. But, and, but, but we're, we're not, not doing, doing that. that. And we're not doing that. No, all I'm saying is it just doesn't belong at Kyle Field. F, F anything chance don't belong. It's honestly just F-bombs don't belong at Kyle Field. Well, and, and heck, they <clears> don't <throat> belong at Olsen or anywhere else on campus. That's what I'm saying. It's not something we do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, Olsen polices itself really well. Obviously, yeah. it's a little different when there's 100,000 people trying to police each other. It's difficult. But at the same time, it should almost make it easier. Um, but whatever. Right. So then let's get to, do we want to address booing or do we want to talk about the bullshit? I, I think we could probably hit them both on the head at the same time. And here's, I, or let's go ahead. And, and we're going to have to separate. This. All right. Well, let, let me, okay. Let me go to one end of the spectrum then. Let's start with booing. Mm-hmm. Booing. I am 100% cool with, and here's why. Uh, having grown up, Obviously, not being in a Texas A&M person, this was not something I was used to coming in. The idea of a horse's lap, I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting take. Um, and generally, I think when it comes to horse's lap in context, like visiting team taking the field, visiting team scores a touchdown. Sure. You know what? You want a horse laugh, go for it. I don't care. It's fine. In the case of bad calls, in the case of some player on the other team being an absolute jackass, lighting our guy up, getting in the face, whatever, and it's just not being enforced or whatever, a horse laugh doesn't carry that level of effect to me. I'm one of those people that I think that booing does carry a certain amount of weight, especially when it's 100,000 people doing it. You're, you know, if you're an official, hearing that level of disdain towards you, it's probably going to affect how you're thinking. I don't know. I, I I don't know if it affects them at that level. <clears throat> you know, you're talking about, especially in our case, you're talking about you know really power five officials. Yeah. Um, which are not far away from basically being an NFL official. So this is right. this is a very professional uh, level that they're at. So I don't know that it does bother them. I, I don't know if it actually gets to them. I, I think maybe if there was a concerted, very personal attack on one official, like using sure. his first name or something, yeah, I could see that. But I, 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 that I think they're, I think they're able to. Sh- yeah, I'm not condoning that by no. any means. <clears throat> but I think, I think they're able to shut it out. Um, the horse's laugh is kind of like bus driver in this instant, in, in, in that the timing of it is wildly important. Yeah, because. The moment you have to do it is a split second. Like yeah. you, you got to do it, and you got to get it right, and you got to get it done. 
Oh, I think the horse's laugh is unique. Um, I, you know, it's and, and the thing is, I've been I've seen these threads. It's all these, uh, you know, the, the arguments are well. It's tradition that that we do horses laugh and we don't yeah. boo. And you know, and if you boo, you're not an Aggie. And and, and a lot of people are like, look, booing's not my thing. But I'm not going to tell you you're not an Aggie because you boo whatever. And then you have other people that are literally like, if you like booing, you know, doing the horses laugh instead of booing. Is basically a core value of A and M that we don't boo, and if you don't like it, you, no, I, literally, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm paraphrasing. If you don't like it, there are plenty of other universities in Texas you can choose from, and that's one of those. Like, are you out of your effing mind? Well, yeah. Like, are you are you literally equating hissing and booing? To the core values of a university and telling people if they want to boo, they can go somewhere else. Like, and, that. And I and I, I, I understand. Look, I, 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 I love Texas so I, much. Dude, I understand <laughs> old army's take on it, uh, but it's weird because you'll get a lot of old army people that are like, I, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, but it's, man, the, again, you're talking about discussion board, you know, fanatics that, sure. are, that are going after each other. But I, I, I find that voicing your disdain. It just within a like a boo or just like kind of general mm. disdain within the crowd noise, mm. it's just it's a it's a more effective way, at least for me personally, to get the crap out of my system. Don't let this stuff build up in some kind of, oh, I'm just gonna hiss at you because I'm so irritated. I don't need that kind of energy, man. Just, just, yeah, so what are we, a bunch you, of snakes? You can't. Yeah, the snake pit, baby. The snake pit. You can't. You can't let it all build up inside you. No. Like a little, little side like, emotional well, health well being. Sounds like we're letting out the brake pressure at Kyle Field. Um, I ain't about that. Dude, if 100,000 people did it, though, it would sound <laughs> absolutely hilarious. But, uh, no, it's just, but I, I think booing as as an establishment is not inherently a less class. as an establishment. One of our core values is booing. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> right. But it's like booing, booing, as, well, booing as a construct, it's just not inherently a it's not something that i would look at as being classy or not it just is something that has to be heard. it's no different than whistling at a soccer match right you whistle and it creates a higher pitch thing and it's just that's the way they get out their frustrations for us the easiest way to get your frustration out is just letting them hear this big ooh sound in a force you know <laughs> It's like the worst haunted house ever. That's why I um, the hate barn. So, yeah, the, the hate barn, the, the tackle box, all the lovely names for, for Kyle. Um, so, and here's my kind of take on it. Uh, I get where Old Army's coming from, that it's a tradition that we don't boo, and, it's a, and I get it. Sure. I 100% understand what they're talking about. Um, I, but, I, man, I don't have a problem with the booing. And, and I saw one argument said, you know, if all you're doing is booing the refs, that can become a slippery slope where all of a sudden you start booing the other team when they come out of the tunnel just to boo them. And next thing you know, you're booing the team. And I mean, I can see the validity behind that argument, but it, at the same time, it holds about as much water. It's like, like booing is the gateway drug, like marijuana. You know, it's the gate. You know, if, if you smoke a joint, you're basically going to be whacked out on meth in three months. It's, it's so, like if you're booing, next thing you know, we're going to be throwing glass bottles. Uh. So draw, draw, I don't believe that that's the case. Yes, yes, yes. So drawing those lines is a little difficult when you're talking about slippery slopes. So I, I don't have a problem with the booing as long as it's not. If man, if you're booing at the officials and, and not booing just for the sake of booing at the officials, but man, if they suck in Saturday night, they suck. It's like, and the thing is, especially when it's in context, right? That's the whole thing: is be football aware. 
of the situation. You might be asking too much. Well, I know, I know we are, but the deal <laughs> is be an educated fan base. Know in the situation, like, for example, when Leon goes in and leans in and gets the guy with his shoulder, but they throw a flag for a quote-unquote late hit out of bounds with targeting, which is not what it was, that's not exactly what we're all about, man. You know, you're talking about Texas A&M football, and you know we're talking about this argument of classy versus not classy. Here's the deal: if it's a bad call, don't be afraid to let them know it was a bad call, man. And a blatantly bad, <coughs> bad call. It's like, are you surviving over there, <coughs> man? I, <coughs> keep going, but when it's <coughs> blatantly bad. <laughs> <laughs> Case y'all are wondering, Roy's a uh, struggle bus in here for a second. My water. Hey, here's what happens <coughs> when it goes down the wrong hole, people. <coughs> This is what happens. Yeah, I'm not a fish. All right. All right. Goodness <laughs> anyway. gracious. Put water <clears throat> down both pipes. So when it's when it's blatantly bad, and like you said, like you got to know football. Yeah. It just understand the game. Understand what's the flow of the game. And honestly, here's here's something that is kind of important to me. You you go back, and I think a great example of this was back in last season. Uh, you know. Not a full, not a capacity cut field by any means, but we were playing against Florida, mm-hmm. and there was a call against Leon O'Neill. Crowd started booing, then Florida ends up scoring a touchdown on us. I got us more angry, and that same energy passed into the team. I think the the team feeds on the crowd, and that is honestly even a more important factor to me. I feel like if the crowd is like they're mad, but then it becomes anger and like. Go get them. Well, it's, and that it's one channels. Of the, it's one of the biggest aspects. You, know, you talk about the home field advantage. Yeah. <clears throat> that's huge here. I mean, that's what we brag about, right? Right. So, and I'm not saying we have to boo to do that, but, you know, when you're talking about, and I think you gave a really good context there, it's, we're not, <clears throat> we're not trying to get the official to overturn a call. And, and honestly, I don't think the official's paying attention to the crowd. And if he is, yeah. He's not going to last long as an official, but maybe since what we what we talk about is making Kyle Field one of the toughest places to play in the country, that makes it one. You know how we do it on when we're on defense, loud, right. make it disruptive for the defense or for their for the opposing offense. Yeah, <clears throat> but also, you know, let the net, let let our team know yeah. that that one we get it. Like it was a crap call, mm-hmm. and and. You know, does the horses laugh convey that to them? No. I mean, do the players know the horses laugh? And again, that's that's a legitimate question. Well, here's what's it like: the, a couple of players chimed in on it, like former players. Let me just stress that you know, a couple of former players did chime in on it and said, "Honestly, I think horse lap is dumb as hell." I, you know, it just it didn't convey what we needed, and that was something that did cross my mind when when the argument came around. It's like, I think more than anything, it it basically it. It gets us better connected with the dang football team. And I think if they're mad about how crappy a call was and we are reinforcing that with the stadium, what immediately happens on that next defensive play? Well, right, exactly. It gets loud. It, it, and it, it was – you could tell on TV no problem. If, you know, that went from, you know, a bad call yep. that everybody booed about. A to, hey. Yeah, like, like people were, yeah. like, angry aing on you know, while we were on defense. And those are our favorite kind – those are favorite times is to be an angry Defense feels that, man. And yeah. one of the one of the players' press conferences uh, well, yesterday, right, they talked to the media. Yeah. He, he talked – he's like – he talks about they can feel it. You know, you know that yeah. them getting behind you, and and they said, you know, makes it loud, and sometimes it, you know it, it's a little harder for us to communicate. But he was like, "But I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it." 
and and that that's where the booing comes in for me is that I think it just further conveys exactly what the emotion is in that moment versus a horse laugh, and that's going to further channel us to maintain our irritation in that moment to further bolster the team. That being said, the BS chant, I can take or leave. I wasn't a fan of it. Well, so my official stance on booing versus horses laugh will be that of not taking an official stance. Fair enough. Because as a former yell leader, uh, I'm going to support the current yell leaders. Uh, it's not, and hey, dude, this ain't my ship. It's not my sail anymore. Right. But um, <clears throat> I would say my official stance is go for it if you feel the need to make it happen. Absolutely. Choose, um, choose your own path, people. Yeah. Uh, now, going to the, the bullshit chant. That's kind of in the same vein uh, as the F. Joe yeah. Biden thing. I agree. Not quite as crass, obviously, but I think it's I think it's even more childish. I mean, you're talking about stuff you see at high school games. Man. Oh, 100%. To the credit, I understand the call absolutely was Totally bullshit, understand but, being pissed off. Exactly. But I will say, listening to it on TV, I was sitting there and while I was in the game being able to hear it, going back and watching it and listening to it, because it was pretty damn clear you get it. on oh, TV. Yeah. And ours wasn't the only game that I watched. Um, that I, In fact, I heard that chant. I was watching the Army-Georgia State game. Yeah. All right? and, and there were like, outside of the band for mm-hmm. Georgia State, I'm fairly certain there were like 47 people at the game. Oh, right? sure. So it was almost like COVID. Like you could hear the quarterback signals and oh, stuff. Yeah. But there was a call made and – the you know this probably couple hundred maybe maybe couple of thousand that were at the game they started doing that chant I watched the Texas game you know the 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 Texas students did that yeah um, our students did it. it's just it's kind of the generational thing though I mean it's but it's crap it, it, you know I'm not I'm not crazy about it I don't like it at all I don't care for it personally um, I, I understand it was a BS call I'm not a fan of that I would rather if you're going to do anything. Have like individual pot shot yelling and booing versus just a collective obscene chant, you know? I bet you if you change it to bullcrap, even the olds would get in on it. Yeah, but. I'm down with bullcrap. I'd say bullcrap's cool, but it doesn't carry the same weight. It carries the same weight if more people are willing to do it. Well, I'd say if more people are willing to do it. But that, but you're encouraging, like, that would be getting the yell leaders to say, hey, at the next yell practice, hey guys, we appreciate what you did. In terms of great energy. I, I, yeah, I love your energy. Kind of missed the mark, guys. You, you got to redirect your energy. And the problem is, and like I said, you're you're the former yell leader. I'm not. I'm, I, I think they're going to go too far to the conservative side of this and leaning into the idea of it needs to be hissing. You shouldn't boo. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I just don't like the profanity. And, and, the, well, and I don't care for the profanity either, but here's what happens. When you tell a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds they shouldn't do something, yeah. what are they going to do? Yeah, don't touch that. It's hot. Don't touch yeah. that. Ooh. Next thing you know, they've got third-degree burns. Right. And that's just <laughs> – um, it's it, it's a slippery slope, as you said, right? Apparently so. so. Apparently so. <laughs> now, like I said, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the profanity at the games. I think individual pot shots slash booing you know, go off if you feel the need. Yeah, you know, I, I stick to the same thing with baseball. You know, don't, I tend to leave parents and girlfriends out of the deal if I can, and also incurable diseases. <laughs> but that's about it for me. Um, yeah, booing for me is take it or leave it. Yeah. But any profanity, it's again, I, you that, know, maybe that's just me burner. being an old fuddy duddy. You, you don't have to. You know, you don't have to use profanity. You just don't. 
No, and there are more clever. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love going to eight and baseball games. There's more clever ways to make fun of absolutely than just you know going off on profanity. So uh, that's just kind of our stance on the whole deal. One, um, one quick fun funny is. side note. Okay. Somebody made the counter argument. I thought it was hilarious. They're like, so hissing is classy, but booing is not classy. But squeezing our nuts to yell louder is classy. Yes. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Got it. 100%. I was like, thank that's, God that's... Squeeze Eggs died like in 2007 <laughs> or whenever it was because, good God. Oh, That boy. was on national television, people. Yeah. There's Oof. a reason it was on message boards for little. I mean, still to, is. Today. It still is, man. You know? But whatever. Yeah, throw that away. Yeah, we, we are. An, an, yeah, Aggies are an interesting bunch. and it's uh, No doubt about it. Oh, well, and there was a whole other thread on Tex Ags about the music that was played for Red, White, and Blue Out because one of the songs was uh, Fortunate Son by CCR. Which is, which is very an anti- anti-establishment. It's, it's, well, it's very anti-war. <laughs> also that. And uh, I just. That was the one that immediately crossed my mind. I'm like, that's very interesting. Like, that's man, the route they chose. Which, I get it. It's It's. Patriotic, but it's not. Well, you got you got twenty something year old DJ just trying to get you know keep the crowd pumped up, play yeah. music from all generations, and oh by the way, every Vietnam movie ever made has fortune has CCR in every it somehow. Every single one of them has CCR and Jimi Hendrix in it. So maybe he was just like, "Hey, right on! I remember hearing that in you know Forrest Gump." Or you know. now I will say this um, to my buddy DJ Mike: Thank you so much for playing "Hail to the King" by A7X whenever Haynes King took the field the first time. All, all I'm saying is, he went down the field and scored a touchdown on that drive immediately. So, oh, I'm not saying that you have to do it every time to keep that momentum going. But I'm it, just saying you probably have to do it every time to keep the momentum going. I'm just saying <laughs> it worked. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it worked. Uh, so anyway, well, that could, that could be a gateway song though. What if he ends up now? Great. Next week he's going to be playing Slayer, Raining Blood. Really I nice. Can't wait. <laughs> Come on. What, what, you guys don't, I mean, come on, the dude lives in Buffalo. Okay, all right. I mean, let's, right. let's go down that road. Anyway, uh, so let's actually get into the football game, right? Well, we have one thing that somebody came in as a request, right? What, what, what was your request? No, not mine. Oh, somebody, yeah. okay. This, because it's going to be real quick. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll go and talk about this. So, with this upcoming weekend, right? Right. Okay, so upcoming weekend, you know, we were perusing the, the various different football games. Uh, that are on the slate. I can't believe somebody even asked about this. I know, and it's like... I mean, right on. Just. Hi, hi, Carolyn. We, we appreciate you. Um, so what I have here is, you know, the list of games. First and foremost, like, Coastal Carolina going to destroy Kansas. Like, that's going to be... Well, don't no, worry about a list of games. No, no, let's, let's talk about but, the one that was requested. <laughs> no, you're not dancing around this. Somebody wanted to know about the the Cy-Hawk okay, tradition. So, right, so, I'll start with what I know, and then I'll take four seconds, and then Rob's going to fill in the rest. Okay, so Iowa State, Iowa getting ready to... Go on Saturday. Go ahead and give me what you know. Uh, called the, they play for the Cyhawk Trophy, which Correct. was established at some point in the seventies. Okay. And I saw a little. They're both in Iowa. They're both about the same size, school wise. Um, and I think I saw somewhere today or yesterday that I, this is the first time that they've ever both been ranked or both ranked in the top ten, one or the other. Uh, yes, and yes. And that's all I know. So this is the first time in the history of this game that both teams have been ranked, and it just so happens to be not only are they both ranked, but they are both in the top ten. Yeah, nine and ten, right? Yeah, number yeah. nine and number ten. Yeah. Number nine, Iowa State. Number ten, Iowa. Uh, the game will be played in Ames uh, at Jack Trice Stadium. Uh, so the reason why this game is so fascinating to so many people 
is it is your typical in-state rivalry, but it doesn't take place over Thanksgiving weekend like everybody else. It's normally about week two or week three. Cyhawk, but also known by a number of individuals as El Asico. And the reason why it's called El Asico is because, well, it's just a god-awful football game most years. Uh, yes. Fumbles, punts, <clears throat> mi- you know, equipment malfunctions. Uh, let's just go down the list of a handful here, right? This is a type of game. This is from Banner Society's website. The type of game where you order a steak and then the server returns to your table with a charred hamburger patty. This is not what you wanted, but this is what you're getting, and you just have to deal with it. All right, let's go back to 2014. Last-minute field goal, Iowa State wins this game. Now, previously, (laughs) Kirk Ferentz called a timeout, and the dude missed the kick. But then Iowa State made the kick. Granted, this came after Iowa State blew or Iowa blew a halftime lead. Iowa State would go on to finish the season two and ten, right? Oh. Just absolutely terrible. Uh, series started with four shutouts on both sides of the first five games. Um, you know, not unusual for the 1890s. Uh, but here's a crazy stuff for you: from 2006 to 2010, Iowa State went 17 quarters without scoring a touchdown in this game. But the second year of that stretch, Iowa State ironically won that game 15-3 to on five field goals. That's um, just miserable <laughs> football. And just to make it even better, they lost to Northern Iowa and Kent State in previous weeks before beating Iowa at that point. Um, you're talking about just an absolutely terrible, awful, no good, very bad game. 2018. El that's hilarious. Yes. Uh, then in 2018, Vegas figured they would likely feature a 47-point game is what they expect between the two of them. In 2018, the f- game ended with 16 points and 13 punts. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need something to do, go to ABC at 3.30 and watch El Asico. Is that something to do, though? It is. If you have to have the TV on in the waiting room... Or you're cleaning house and you don't want to turn the TV off. Probably that's the game you put on. That's the game that's going to have to happen. Maybe you got a newborn you're trying to put to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, El Asico at 3.30 on ABC. It can be on your secondary TV because A&M in Colorado will be going on at 2.30 on Fox. So go enjoy that. Uh, but I, I tell you what, Iowa's tradition of turning around and waving to the children's hospital is one of the newest and coolest traditions in the history of college football. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I love wave, that. The wave is great. Um Unfortunately, not happening there, of course. It's at Jack Trice. Well, yeah, it'll be in Iowa State. But, uh, you know, this past week they played at Iowa. And, right, and that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, and, yeah I love that. A, I will say, that is a very cool tradition. So, you know, El Asico for the first time, top 10 matchup. Y'all go enjoy it. I expect it to be like a 5-3. <laughs> I kind of want that to be. It, it, or, it hyped up to be a great game, and it'll be awful. It's going to be terrible. I mean, that's just the joys of what that game Living is. Living in Iowa. It's terrible, you know? And also, one of my favorite things is Iowa State. It's like, um, like if you go to Iowa's Helmets, they have like a little yellow sticker. And it's like A-N-F. I think it's like you know, American Needs Farmers. And then Iowa State has a sticker they don't put on the helmet, but it says actually helping farmers. Because, you know, you're, you're talking oh, about your, you got your, your, your state institution your you know, versus, versus your U of. And... You know, because Iowa State's kind of the ag school, right? So they're, yeah. and that's a, you know, it's a kind of a beef. I mean, a corn, you know, because that's where they're at. 
<laughs> if if there if there was ever a rivalry that didn't need to go home and home regularly, it would be the one that has to go between Des Moines and Ames. They're in Iowa City. <sighs> Iowa City and oh, Ames. Okay. Oh, yo, geez, even better. The thriving metropolis of Iowa City. Yeah, that's right. So oh, they ought to play that in like Cancun or something, just to offset the awfulness. Well, I mean, you know, send them up north. Let them go play in the Fargo Dome. Come on now. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway. So anyway, El Asico, go check it out. Well, and you said okay. So you said a game had what sixteen punts? Thirteen points, sixteen. Oh no, it was going to be thirteen punts, sixteen points. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to segue directly in the Texas A&M game where we had zero punts. I was about to say that was one. Th- that would be. Uh, a lot of people weren't paying attention to that because of other things going on. But, yes, no, zero punts in our game. Zero punts, and uh, but five turnovers. Yeah. So, well, six. Six, really. Um, yeah. So you had uh, four picks. Was there a fumble in there? I you, had four, you had four picks. Turnover uh, on downs. Uh, turnover on downs. And then when Anias muffed that punt, that's basically a turnover. Right, right near the end of the game when he muffed it, like running backwards to catch that. That was that was an interesting decision. But yeah. that's like game one, just trying to do too much stuff. Right, <clears throat> and I think that's certainly something um, to get in on. But I think, you know, one of the things we talked about last year, and I I like your idea of keeping up with this, which was sustains versus improves. Right. Yeah. Okay. So give me a sustain from the game. Uh, well, that's easy. The running backs, I, they're sure. it's just absolute and and. I, that's a sustain all the way from last year. Yeah. And, and I, I loved uh, – I don't know if Spiller got dinged up or if it's just kind of part of the plan to rotate, but uh, HN got a lot more playing time, a lot more running between the tackles than maybe he's used to. Yeah. So, in fact, they said it on the broadcast. It seems like Jimbo's trying to toughen him up a little bit, running between the tackles. But um, – For good, for but, good, but, good but measure. You, you got two running backs go over 100 yards. You know, it's, it's a great day. Um, yeah. Did, did, I, did a nice go over 100 receiving, I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, I can check that but, out. But um, – but I just the running back core, just like we thought, you know, is, is an ob- obvious sustain. No, for no doubt about that. I would say honestly, one of my sustains, um, if we're staying on the offensive side of the ball, Caleb Chapman. I mean, he looked yes. good coming back. You know, very, very it happy about it. It was great him. to see him healthy. It was great to see him take that deep route, kind of deep post or fly, whatever it was, and mm-hmm. um, with kind of shades of the Florida game, you know. And then of and, course, uh, and come and come down with the ball healthy. Yeah, of course. And then of course you had um, Anaya Smith who went eight receiving for 100 yards and two TDs. Yeah. Okay. So he did go over 100. Yeah. 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 So he went 100 <clears throat> receiving. So yeah. So you got Anaya's 100 receiving. You got A Chain and Spiller both over 100 rushing. So that's right. yeah. It's just phenomenal production out of three guys. Right. And you know we can't complain about that. Of course, King almost three for 300 yards by himself. So mm. you know from an offensive standpoint, really can't complain too much from a production standpoint. Of course, that leads into improves, which yeah. I think goes without saying uh, turnovers by Haynes King, namely interceptions. Well, and I, I figured you're going to say that, so here's kind of how I look at it. Right. And we'll get to we'll get to another one. Here's here's sure. how I look at it, though. So we had three picks, and two of them were tipped, right? Correct. Um, so. Yeah, tipped tipped picks really aren't your fault, but however. Um, right. If you look at the timing of the throws and a couple other uh, a couple other um, uh, throws during the game, it's timing. It's just pulling the trigger a little faster. Yeah, a little little faster, um, and just uh, yeah, just kind of committing to what you're going to do. Um, and I think he did show a lot of that throughout the game. He did show a lot of commitment to how he was going to go. And unfortunately, 
had a couple of key passes that were dropped that should have been caught. He did, yeah. And, um, surprisingly, I, Anias right. dropped a couple. Not, it's just he's so sure-handed. Well, when he hit Chapman in, in the hands on the end zone on an obvious pass interference that got right. over, that got overshot. <clears throat> but you know, you take all those away. And I think, you know, you take away kind of what the game one jitters were. I thought Haynes King looked real good. I thought he played really well. I, I think you can see what Jimbo sees in him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, you know, kind of room to improve. Um, yeah, his escape ability is fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not going to say who he looked like. No, because he didn't. Else. I don't think yeah. he did. Um, but i tell you what. With A-Chain, you know, if he's even, he's leaving. Like, you, there's not an angle that you can create to catch him, right? Right. I think there were a lot of defenders for Kent State that didn't realize how fast he was because once he got outside, he was gone. He, guys, they just they didn't realize the speed that he's got, kind of straight line speed. So mm-hmm. that was fun to see. Um, very specifically, you know, when we're talking about the two tipped picks, the one I really wanted to reference was the one when he was rolling right and it was down by the end zone. Right, that first one. That was. There were two things in there too, and not both of them for Haynes King. One of them, it was really weird. It just it seemed like everything got run together, and, and there was yeah. either a receiver ran a wrong route because there were two receivers, in or the yeah, or one area. ran it too shallow, one too mm-hmm. deep, or something. Um, but even then. Th- like the point and the development of the play that he threw the ball, it was just late. Oh yeah, it was definitely late. It was late, and and when you're rolling that way, and and, and this is another thing that the new quarterbacks just kind of have to get used to, and um, and you saw like Matt Corral do it a bunch. He's a more experienced quarterback. Is right. when it's not there, just throw it away, man. I'd say just throw it away. No, you don't have to make a play. Right. And and the thing is, when you are like I said, if you have a lane and you have the speed that you do, feel free to take it. Just be yeah, careful. Tuck it and run. And, it, and if that's not there, just. Toss out of the end zone. I'm about to say, and that will be part of the whole It's just development. Bit, right? That's all it is. And that's why I'm not too worried about it. I know, you know you'll see. I'm excited. You, know, you look at what other fans are saying, like, who gives a damn what any of y'all think? He looked fantastic when he was on it. And so, you know, we've got a good test on the road this weekend. It's going to be curious to see how he changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it's like I said, that was definitely one of my improves that I wanted to hit on. I think defensively. Overall, I thought they looked very solid considering what Kent State brought offensively last year. I don't know really how much of that production they lost. Um, Kent State? Yeah, Kent Not State. Not much. Not much. I mean, their so, quarterback was the majority of their production. Right. And even with the quarterback being run around doing what he did, the defense bent but never really broke until the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you gave up one touchdown, and the outside of that, Defense honestly played very well. Maybe one or two kind of longer, <clears throat> longer runs by the quarterback than you would have liked. Sure. Um, <clears throat> my improve on the defense is uh, <clears throat> linebacker play. Yeah. I thought um, they were uh, over committing. Yeah. Um, and and kind of overrunning some things. And that so, allowed for about 15, 20 extra yards yeah. on plays. Some of that's just uh, hyped up over energy. You know, yeah. um, First game and, and if it's and if it's just kind of mental mistakes, you know, that's the easy stuff that, that they iron out. Yeah. You know, so I don't think it was a scheme thing. I think it was just people getting overzealous. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, I, I don't see anything glaring error wise uh, to 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 concern me. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, I just, you know, hiccups with a new quarterback and getting the offense going. It... One more quick sustain. Um, Leon O'Neill. Never oh gosh, anybody. yes, never, never change, man. And like just seeing the level of his maturity in terms of growth. I mean, I'm sure. Did you watch his press conference? Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. mean, the guy 
has made such strides over the last two years, and he is just lightning. I mean, he is just leaps and bounds. Yeah, growing, and I mean, he is an absolute leader on that defense. Everybody knows it. He's going to be that guy this year, and he's you know, yeah. He made a commitment to make six interceptions. He's already got two. <laughs> yeah, him in the back and Leal up front. Yeah, there's your two leaders, really. And uh, um, hopefully, they can both continue to grow and lead these guys uh, as we go forward. I've got one more improve uh, back on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't know if it was because of scheme or, or what, um, but you got to get Weidemeyer more involved, man. Yeah, he, he was he was a little light and, in his play. His, he almost looked like he was <clears throat> kind of foggy out there in the first half. Like his routes kind of looked a little off. He, he wasn't – was it squaring in hard? I think he dropped one or two. Yeah, I think he dropped two and, passes. And I mean, seeing him drop a pass, I feel like he maybe dropped two all year last year. You know, so I don't, yeah. I don't know if maybe it was just kind of him getting back in game groove and season mode. So, um, so I, I, I need to see more Widemar. I have to. Yeah, if we're going off of early game, kind of shaking cobwebs off. I will take what we had this year versus what we had with Vanderbilt last year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one game, so there's no overreacting. And, and I'm <laughs> Somebody did bring up a point that said, who would win on a neutral field, Kent State or uh, Vanderbilt? And I thought after what Vanderbilt did last weekend, I don't think there's a question that it would be Kent State. <laughs> yeah, right. Vanderbilt, what, <clears throat> you lost by 20 to Eastern Tennessee at home? like, And they brought more fans to your stadium? Yeah, at least Grow they got, up. Well, at least they got a good baseball program, I guess. Yeah, well, and there's uh, some other things coming out about that as time goes on, but I digress. Um, so, kind of moving forward to this next week, right? Yeah, Clemens is back. That's huge. Massive. Um, um, one game. I thought they were going to give him two, but. You know what you and I were talking about? Yeah, we thought, you know, Clemens, it wouldn't be a big deal. McKinley Jackson looks like it's still kind of a deal. Yes. So, I, I, I don't know how long that'll last. Um, I mean, if he wants to give him four games and he's back for Bama, I'm not going to. No. So, it, but I yeah I don't know the you know the in depths of of that stuff. I mean I I can read but you know and and tell you you know what happened. But <clears throat> everything right. going on behind the scenes is you know we're not privy to, and I'm fine with that. I don't I don't want a transparent program. I want them to take care of stuff in house, and I don't want stuff leaking out. And I think I think the program and its unity has been uh, you know vital to not just stuff like that, but really vital to the to the program success you know they, they keep everything in house and it's their business and whatever they decide is our business is, is they'll put out but mm. you know they, they they fight for each other and they love one another and they play for each other and, and they keep to themselves and i'm okay with that yeah so uh looking forward to this uh colorado matchup um what are some things that you're looking for out of them out of this particular game Oh, I just mentioned it, Clemens. I, I think Clemens. the return of Clemens, the Clemens and Leal combo, I think is um, it probably it's got to be top five, top ten in the nation when you're talking about edge, mm. edge guys, and, and Leal's ability to go inside too. I mean, he's Leal's just a whole other beast. But I, I just I want to see a whole season season out of freaking Michael Clemens, and I get that yeah, I get that he missed a game, but like I want to see him play ten dang games, you know, and, and stay healthy because I think he's. I think he's an absolute game changer. He's he's just a he's a freak, man. He's huge. He's tall. He's mm-hmm. he's just jacked. And he's fast. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, on defense. Um, and we're gonna it, Colorado is gonna have to run the ball because that's what they do. Well, and that was something I was about to bring up. If you look at Colorado's play selection over the course of the game, uh, you're talking about the fact that you know they ran the ball fi- uh, 49 times, like like 50 carries. 
compared to 15 passes. So that tells you what that's we got. That's your offense. I'm about to say, that's what you got to look for. So it's going to be. Big day for the backers. I'm about to say, it's going to be the front seven, see how they do. Yeah. Um, force them into passing situations and then go from there. I, you, think, I think if we can really lock down that running game, game over. Well, and when you've got a team, when you're talking about going 50 to 15 ratio, um, you know, the ability to be able to slide that safety down in the box a little bit more frequent, you know, with more frequency because uh, you, do you have the stats pulled from their game? They had 15 passes. Will they complete? Will they go for it? So, so it was 10, 10 for 15, so about, you know, it's not terrible. Uh, you know, for 102 yards, they were averaging 6.8 yards a pass and, you know, one touchdown. Uh, the rushers um, all averaged pretty well. I mean, per carry, you had 6.3, 6. 6.4, 5.5, 5, 5, 8. Well, I saw it. 4.4. That somebody pull, uh, pulled up or, or started a thread on, on Texas. They're like, hey, here's the Colorado boards. You know, see what they're saying about us. And some moron from Colorado was like, our backups are better. Our backup running backs are better than their running backs. And like, tell me you don't watch football. Without telling me you don't watch football. I mean, and the, they do have – that's the thing, though. It's like you look across the running backs, and they do have a number of different people that rush the ball. I mean, you know, Broussard's their number one guy. He had 15 carries for 94 yards. Not bad. Um, but then you, the next three guys down the list all had eight carries apiece. So that's going to be a pretty rotating – you know, if they maintain that thought process, you'll see a lot of rotation. Well, you figure, I mean, we had four guys with carries because you had, a, you know, obviously the, the main three, like always, Spiller, A-Chain, uh, Nice, and then also uh, Crown never got in the game. Right. So, you know, we had four guys that, we, that can all tote the rock. Right. So I just – I thought it was funny that some Colorado guy thought that the, we, we might have the best running back stable in the nation. So, we very well could. So if you're better than us, then you're not going to lose. Right. So I, I think, yeah, I think a lot of it's for Colorado is just going to come down to the run game. How can we you come down to linebackers and sliding that safety down to the box? Give it, you know, right. if you, when you can stack seven, eight in the box, you know, Elko will eat you alive if he knows you're going to run the ball. Right. So I mean, just kind of stack that, beat beat the hell out of him, force him to pass. Um, looking at our line, currently seventeen in favor of AM on the road. You taking that or leaving it? That's a big line on the road, man. It is. Um, but again, you have. There's a reason that Vegas hasn't paid their light bill and or hasn't had to pay their own light bill in right. you know, decades. Vegas is really wrong. Um, I mean, I could see us covering 17, honestly. Uh, you know, you've got a game under the belt for uh, uh, for Haynes King. This isn't a true road game. You're going to have a whole bunch of Aggies, uh, you know, in, in Mile High. Well, a lot or whatever more Aggies than now. you would have in, in, Boulder. in Boulder. Absolutely. Uh, somebody did bring this up, though. It's like, hey, last time Texas A&M was ranked this early in the season. Yeah, Billy was, said it. Yeah, of course Billy would say it. <laughs> somebody said, stop it, Billiam. Shut um, up, Billy. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> we love you, Billy. Uh, one thing I will say, um, I, these, these are two vastly different situations. I don't think we're rolling into mile high with anything other than expectations to go in there and rock and roll. Yeah, no, I <sighs> – I think what you saw was um, a game plan for Kent State that it was very um, um, pretty conservative. Well, it's conservative, but it's very particular to to get you know uh, King, uh, you know, a little more a little more comfortable, get him comfortable with shoes. But he did, you know, he took some deep shots. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the stat line, you pull the two tipped interceptions off, and you just give him his incompletions. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's a pretty darn good stat line. Yeah, you know, he still throws that one pick. That was just that that was a poor decision, but that happens. Um, I think it's gonna be a really pretty uniform matchup because I, I absolutely you did, I, dude. I dig man. Colorado's uniform so hard. I mean, gold gold helmets, gold pants, black top, and we're going maroon, white, white. That's gonna look sick. Yeah, I 
I, I don't I don't care if we wear pink and pur- purple polka dots. I know, I know dots. you don't, but I got to bring it up because yeah, that's what I you're enjoy. You're a uniform junkie. Anyway, uh, so kind of going around the country after this, just a quick little rundown. What what are uh, what's a game that's really catching your eye this week? Honestly, it's ours. Um, yeah. You know that that's that's my big one uh, for this weekend. But the problem is, I'm going to be in flipping New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm just. So excited! I'm, sorry, I'm not going to be in the. Although, well, I'm going to I'm going to my buddy's uh, wedding though. So my my eighty uh, second buddy's wedding. I'm going to be in Waco playing <laughs> golf. Waco, Texas. Yeah, I'm right playing play, playing golf before we play a show that night. Um, I'd say game. Can't keep, obviously everybody else keeping an eye on at this point, but I would say Oregon Ohio State. That's this weekend. Yeah, that one should be a good one, just because I think Ohio State was very um, uh, unimpressive to an extent. I I don't think that uh, I I think a lot of Ohio State fans would say they didn't play well, yeah. and so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. If Oregon, you know, really looks and and sees that you know, hey, maybe the way to get after the Buckeyes is just to throw all over them maybe. and see if they can keep up. Because I thought I thought Ohio I thought Ohio State. I, I just there I was just, a very they, good they possibility were, they were that impressive. Yeah, yeah, I thought Minnesota really had a shot at them. So. Um, and, and they really did there up until the end. So, um, safe to say, I mean, I think there's a couple of matchups there. Um, obviously, Iowa State, Iowa, uh, old Cyhawk, El Asico, check it out. Um, of course, uh, our conference mates uh, taking on former conference mates and soon-to-be conference mates, Texas and Arkansas. Arkansas, Texas, there's going to be a lot of hate up in Fayetteville because that's, that's an old, deep-hated rivalry, so that should be a good one. If I had nothing else better to do, I'd drive up to Fayetteville just to see the interaction in the stands mm-hmm. because you know that's going to be a nightmare for somebody. Um, I, I'll tell you two games. Um, one is Michigan because I want to see if Michigan can string anything together. Yeah. Um, and the other one is LSU. I want to see how – I want to see if they quit on Orgeron. Yeah, and the thing is, it's, you know, you look at the message boards and you look at Twitter and everybody seems to think that LSU is going to make a bid for Jimbo if uh, if they kick Ed to the curb. And I just – I don't see Jimbo doing anything with that, man. No, I, I think I think Jimbo loves it here from, for reasons more than just football. I agree. I um, mean – well, it's it, it, you look at like Jim Slosnagel, right? I mean, and we brought this up a while back. TCU offered to make him the best paid coach in college baseball. He would have been number one, and he opted to come to Texas A and M just because that's where he wanted to be. I think that's a similar situation to Jimbo. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. No, I think he loves it here, and I think he understands uh, much like Schloss. I think he understands A uh, and M's commitment to to excellence in the athletic department and yeah. facilities and, and all that other stuff. So, I, and you're seeing that with Ross, you know, like with facility improvements. Yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, he has said time and time again, we want to keep making everything better. Ellis Field's going to get you know, a growth and expansion, and you're going to see continued growth, um, you know, refurbishment across the athletic department as it as needed. So yeah. it's just going to keep. Well, I think. Uh, Look, LSU's so talented, and they're playing just a schlep, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, they're at home. If they get off to a slow start against a schlep, that's LSU, man. They How quickly are the boos going to come running, raining down from those stands? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, pretty – I would say by the second quarter. I mean, they're playing McNeese 
Um, granted, you know, McNeese, you know, one of the in-state teams. If they start off like we started off against Kent State and they go into halftime up by a touchdown over McNeese. Yeah. There might be riots in Baton Rouge. I mean, you're talking about a game like just going off of the ESPN matchup predictor. They have them a 99.4% chance to win. Right. Now, well, I'm going to bet. It's a tight game. They're not going to be happy about that. That's what I'm saying. So, I, I'm – I think LSU is going to be an interesting one to, to keep an eye on just because if they go out, this is kind of like our game from uh, you know, from last week. You know, There weren't really a whole lot of positives. Um, you know, we could only, it could only be negative, right? You know, if we go out and, and thump, thump at Kent State, we were supposed to. Well, yeah, exactly. And that, that's the problem with these early season games is you look at them and you go, well, obviously, uh, you know, it's – like, like cliche, the whole like, hey, if you play whatever against a girl, you know, if we're talking like, you know, whenever the kids are being kids, like if you play a girl in this, it's like, well, congratulations, you beat a girl, or oh my god, you lost to a girl, like it, that's what it is. It just but to just to a whole other level when we're it's talking just, about college football, they either go out and slam McNeese State, but the problem is, like all all you and I'll see is the final score, right? Unless something crazy is happening, well, all you and I'll see is the final score. But we also know that our final score wasn't as lovely to get to because we watched the game. Yeah, no, you look at the Texas A and M final scores. Honestly, of the last several games that we played, these were all games that, frankly, in the third quarter, the game was not decided yet. Um, but the difference is between what we were before and what we are now. And that is a second-half team that has gr- that grinds down the other team to a pulp to the point that they can't come back. And we normally start putting them away in the third going into the fourth quarter. You saw it with the Orange Bowl. You know, it was a tight game with North Carolina up until the final three minutes. Well, I mean, we just uh, – we're not uh, – uh, well, what's funny, I, I want to say this, and I'm going to have to contradict myself. We're not a big play offense – no. Even though we had the most big plays of any offense in the country last week, right? But we're we're not a big flashy kind of run out. We're we're not going to jump out to a thirty-five point lead in the first quarter. That's just not how our offense is, no, is tailored this, to be. This isn't the <clears throat> Kevin Sumlin system where we are just trying to run up as many points and, and pray the defense. Pray to God we can hold on. Yeah, yeah. It's and well, and the other catch is you know you say we're a second half team and you know you wear them down. I think the other part. You know, or the, when you say we're a second half team, is something that Aggies have loved seeing a second half of the season. Yeah, you know that's something that's a culture that that Jimbo has has instilled here. It's finishing, it's finishing strong, mm-hmm. whether that's the game or it's a season. It's a season. So, I, I honestly, I'll, I'll I'll take us to cover. <clears throat> I, I, that's where I'm at. I'm, I think we'll cover 17. I, I really do think we. Will. I think it'll be tight. But I, but I think we'll cover. I, I think it'll be maybe twenty. I think we it probably be a score or like maybe a ten point game in the third quarter, and I see us scoring a couple touchdowns late and, and just put, wear them away. It just wearing them down. Yeah, yeah, maybe like thirty to ten, something like that. I could see that. Yeah, my my final score prediction. I had, I was a little more generous to us. I had us winning thirty eight fourteen. I I have That's us. Fair. I have us getting at least one field goal in there. I still think we have one, maybe two turnovers, maybe not necessarily interceptions, but maybe Spiller or a change. Somebody just oops, there was a miss handoff, something along those lines, some kind of mistake. But I still don't think the defense is going to recover from that and force limited limited points. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, what I'd love to see is um, you know more turnovers. From the defense, I agree. Yeah, you know, keep keep pulling at the ball, and 
you know, the, the defense, they've, I mean, honestly, they they kept us in the game because our offense really sputtered after the first first drive or so. And so the, the mm-hmm. defense just clammed down. Well, and you saw what happened with Leon O'Neill. Screw it. I'll do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> and that helped. But, but you were playing, and I, and I get that it's Mac and everything, but you're playing against a dude that was averaging almost 300 through the air and 100 on the ground per game. Yeah. So I mean, he was their offense. Yeah. He know? was their offense. And we did a good job. Honestly, con- I mean, just contain him. Contain him. So all you got to do is contain him. And you can have all the yards you want between the 25s. Yeah. But as long as we're forcing you into field goal tries and you're not scoring the big ones. Then we're happy. Well, and as long as your kicker apparently bet on A and M to cover, <laughs> that was true. <laughs> oh, we, I, were, we were sitting there watching the very last couple of plays there at Duds, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to sit here. They're going to cover this thing at the end." And he bounced off the upright. I looked. I, I looked at my wife because he missed the first one left. I looked at my wife. I said, "Watch him push this right." And he did. <laughs> It's the overcorrection from like twenty five yards out, man. It was. Uh, I mean, you feel for the kid. Yeah, you do. But but you know those were. He meaning- also was a freshman, you know. Those are meaningless points. So that's it's it's a good opportunity for him to kick in a game yeah. you know, situation. <clears throat> Although I'm not sure how much confidence you instilled. In him. <laughs> well, you, you got to give him, you got to give him an opportunity, right? So. Well, you know, he's, t- he's putting that NIL money to work. You know, whoever's paying him to, to right. pimp their cars in Ohio, you know, put put the money down on the ags to cover and then miss left, miss right. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I think overall, uh, good stuff coming up this week. I think we'll be all right. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll be just fine. And, you know, you got a quarterback who was a coach's son. So, if there's going to be – if there are corrections to be made, you know, between him and Jimbo, they're going to get it fixed. So, I, I – I, uh, I'm excited for the game. I am. Um, I'll be watching it at the wedding reception. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, uh, which I'm fine with. I'd say I'll be. I probably won't get a chance to actually watch the dang game. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to be running around doing other things, namely probably golf, and then followed up by uh, playing uh, the. Oh shoot! What's the name of the place? Lakeside Tavern in Waco. We're going to be in Mule Barn at. Uh, the meal barn up in Justin the night before. Well, I'm I'm in the wedding, so I will be sitting up in the I'm in the wedding table. Yeah, and I'm still watching the game. I don't give you. Might as well, right? <laughs> I'll keep up with it best I can. I think we'll be okay. I'm not too worried about it. So, um, yeah. I mean, you got anything else good coming up? No, man. Just uh, I mean, I'm excited for my buddy to get married. You know, I'm, I don't really. <clears throat> I've never been to New Hampshire, so I guess I can put another pin in the map. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But you know, excited to see him and a couple of friends that I have up in Boston. Um, Shipping you know, up to get, Boston. Yeah, well, uh, I was telling tell Megan last night because I'm <clears throat> on Sunday. I'm coming back to New Hampshire. Uh, you know, turning in my rental and turning in my my tux because you right. know there's you can turn you it's. Not everybody knows this, apparently, but if you rent from Men's Warehouse, you can turn it into any Men's Warehouse in the country, yep. and it counts as turning it back in on time. That's right. So I got to turn that in, and then I'm going to hang out with a couple of friends in Boston, and like. I've been to Boston, you know, so I don't, and like the Sox aren't in town. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just I drink beer, I guess, hang out and, and watch, I guess, NFL. Maybe. Which, yay. Yeah, go Pats. Um, yeah, no. They got to pop um, that car, no, man. Hard pass. But, uh, you know, like you love when you go to certain cities, they have like a, they have their own kind of cuisine flair, you know, and right. New York, got to get Italian in New York, right? You go to Chicago, got to get deep dish pizza. You, know, you go out to LA. They, so it's just. You know, these towns have their own flair. You go to Boston for what? Irish and don't food, stay lo- Don't say lobster rolls. I don't like lobster. No. You so I'm not having a lobster roll with a Sam Adams, okay? No, no, you don't do that. You roll Your over. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs> 
All you got to do is run over to an Irish pub. Just go hang out with them. They're going to have a good time. Well, I, one of my friends is, is working an event, and it's like an Oktoberfest kind of thing. So, right. Um, so, you know, at least I'll have something to, to do or forget about Boston. Right. But, yeah, no, it's ready to plug along, man. Got a busy week before that and, and then get back and hit the ground running before I head to Europe, assuming that Europe doesn't shut down. Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, I know we're going to be in Justin uh, this weekend along with Waco, as previously mentioned. Next week we're going to be at the, at the uh, Washington County Fair with Jason Bolin on Friday and then – after UNM, we will be at the say, tap. You say you're at the tap that Saturday. Yeah, right on. So home game weekend, y'all will all be here. You have no excuse. Go out to the game for a little bit. Hang out. Have some food. We'll go out to the game for the whole bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't get, leave early. Yeah, no. Go to the game. Do your thing. Come eat afterwards. Do whatever. Hydrate. You can even take a nap. You, yeah, take you, a got, nap. you got time for a nap before you, got, you go to the you show. Got, you do have plenty of time before the show kicks. So. You're going to hear this again next week, too. No, you will definitely hear it, hear my pitch again. But, yeah, feel, feel free to come check us out. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to be running five-piece. It's going to be great. There you go. It's going to sound huge. So, anyway, uh, follow Roy May 15 on Twitter. Make sure you follow Rob the Slapper on Twitter. And if you guys have any other questions for us. Any topics you want us to cover? Anything else? Just give um, us a holler. Yeah, give us a holler. As you as you saw, we're not going to sit here and do in depth discussions on every game all the time anymore. Yeah, we don't need to do a college football recap. And if you wanted to see it or know about it, you'd know about it by now. Right, exactly. So if you guys have questions about us or other teams or anything else that you do have a question about, just like of course the Iowa Iowa State rivalry. Exactly. For you know, go into go into depth on Cyhawk. Would have never seen that coming. No. So feel free to ask other questions. We'll be more happy to yes. get into it. So uh, once again, folks, this is the Red Ass Podcast. Thanks, Gigum. Beat the, the hell, hell out of Colorado. Colorado.